The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. This week, I am joined by the one, the only, the Trevor Dispro from Dallas, Texas, or Plano, Texas, or Dallas, Texas. You're from Dallas, right? Either one works. Yeah, okay. There we go. That works. From, I feel like you're from Dallas, and Plano's just a small suburb up north. Anyways, Trevor is joining us tonight here um, through Skype, so production quality and everything like that will be up to hopefully a 10 here on what I can do in my abilities, but there are some issues with the Wi-Fi. Everyone knows this, so we're working through it, but Trevor's a fellow OSU alum, worked with me at the Oklahoma City Thunder, and um, also worked in Oklahoma State Athletics, right? There we go. Yep. I was there we say, go. Can't forget that one. <laughs> Perfect. Cannot forget that one. All right. So, Trevor, OSU season ended last weekend. It was a depressing loss to TCU. And de- by depressing, at least in my mind, it was like, you know, we just, we just beat West Virginia at home. We just tucked down, you know, a top 10 team in the nation again at home, but we can't get up the energy to beat TCU. I know it's an away game, but... As I talked with uh, last week, I talked with uh, one of my buddies named Seth who went to OU, and Seth had the prediction incredibly right. It was either it was going to be a close game, OSU lost, or OSU was going to blow him out, but it was not going to be a close game where OSU won, and anytime OSU, OSU really plays up to their opponent, in my mind, just this last weekend proved it, the Baylor game proved it, West Virginia proved it, Texas proved it, I mean, all these... K-State was a really, really weird game, but also proved it. OSU plays up to their abilities, or up to the other team's abilities. And when we, you know, when we get a bunch of energy, you know, big time wins, all type of stuff, we we go out and we win. You know, if West Virginia had not been a home game, we, in my mind, we definitely would have lost. And if West Virginia hadn't been for homecoming, I think we would have lost too. Am I just out of the picture here, or do you agree, or what are your thoughts? Well, let's put it this way. I was at the Oklahoma State TCU game this past weekend, and I tell you what, I have never been more frustrated, I think, watching an Oklahoma State game in my entire life. Um, The fact that we only had like 65 yards of total offense in the entire first half. Like, are you kidding me? For our offense, 65 yards? I got to tell you what, man, I I was about to start. I was tearing up up there. If it wasn't so cold, probably would have definitely happened, I'm telling you. But corn dog, man, it was – it was rough. He had like 36 yards, I think, of passing offense in the first half. You know, right when I got there, first drive, we had that turnover. And then we threw a touchdown to, I think, Stoner. And then offensive pass interference. And I was like, well, there goes that. And we kick a field goal. Only points we had until the fourth quarter, I believe. It was rough. But everything else, you know, we played Texas on homecoming. Huge win. I honestly did not see that happening. We were actually favored by three, I believe. As crazy as that sounds. And then we pulled off the win. Wasn't it by three? Wasn't it 38-35, if I'm not mistaken? I think that was the final score at the end of the game. Now, my big takeaway from this whole season is how do we – well, my big takeaway is is that we play up to our opponent, and that's how we've done things. The question I have for you is, and this is something I've been going through in my head here, how do we rate this season? Was this a good season? Because every single position besides quarterback was rebuilding – or, you know, kind of in development besides well, just besides quarterback because Cornelius is gone after the season. He had one year of eligibility left. This was his only year left. He's he's now gone, you know. And then the other thing is, is that 
we have, you know, other running backs who got playing time, stuff like that. But Justice Hill, you know, it's also, I would think, kind of his last season. Maybe he'll return. Maybe he won't. Oh, excuse me. I really hope he does. But what what are your thoughts as far yeah. as, like, the season as a whole? Was this a good season? Well, let's put it this way. I think for the positions that we had to fill coming off of last season, you know, with Mason Rudolph, James Washington, you know, all these top players on defense, can't just, I mean, can't name them all, but, you know, filling in those positions, I think I will give it a, I'll say a B, B minus, to be honest with you, just because the expectations going into this season were not high. In my opinion, they were not high. Everyone knew it was a rebuilding year. Um, everyone was saying, you know, I think six and six or seven and five would be a, you know, a decent year for what we have. And as you can tell, we just went six and six. Crazy to think we beat the really good teams and lost to, in my opinion, the the poor teams of the conference. But in my opinion, I'm going to give it a, a B just because of the fact that Cornelius really did not see any playing time until this season. So sure, he made a lot of mistakes, but that's what you would expect out of someone who hasn't really played a game at this level and against actually solid competition. The running game, you know, it's nice to see Chuba Hubbard coming in and playing these roles. Justice Hill did not have the season he expected. My thing is, he also got injured at the end of the year. So that definitely put him back. And I think when you're talking about if he's coming back for next year, I think that's the reason why he should come back so he can rehab that injury in the offseason and come back stronger next year to improve his like draft grade. Um, but, you know, wide receiver, we got Tylen Wallace, who is just already a Blitnikoff finalist. This dude's, a, I believe, a sophomore. Correct me if I'm wrong, Calvin. Yeah, I think he's a sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore. Sophomore. I mean, wide receiver you, it's I mean that that's definitely going up. Defense, I mean, Big Twelve defense, so let's just put it that way. Um, it's always a hit or miss. Right. But honestly, I was hoping we would go seven and five, eight and four. Eight and four would have been the best. Six and six would have been, you know, average. I'm glad we're still going to a bowl game. That makes it thirteen straight seasons, I believe, we're going to a bowl game. Yeah. Correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, honestly, yes, it was disappointing, but at the same time, it was exhilarating watching us beat the teams that were the top of the conference, Texas, West Virginia. We should have beaten OU if if we can make some kicks. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. I I think the key, the key thing for me this season was is that the defensive adjustments were going to be tough. Jim Knowles, new defensive coordinator at you know, coming from Duke, he was going to have to get adjusted to OSU and his schemes, all type of stuff. We're going to have to get brought in. And, and, you know, and guys are going to have to learn that type of stuff. So it's going to be an adjustment process and everything like that, which helps out since we knew that this year wasn't like, it was definitely a rebuilding year. I'll say that. That's the easy way to say it. That's how yeah. everyone else says it. I always want to say it a little bit differently, just to not be so cliche, but it was definitely just a rebuilding year. No, it, straight up. Absolutely, it was. And I, I mean, we all knew it going in. Right, and I don't know what the perfect answer for this season is. Like, if Oklahoma State was, you know, if if we had gone, you know, if we'd won 10 games, I think we would definitely, definitely have overachieved. Oh, but, whoa, that would have been huge. That would have been huge, <laughs> oh huge right? But at, the, but at the end of the day, 
it looks like we could have. You know, that's I think what was really Absolutely. annoying about this season is that we were one, we were literally a field goal make a, I'm sorry, a point after touchdown, a PAT make away from beating OU at OU. Or and, to force overtime. If we would have made the field goal and the PAT, as, as honestly well, he should have. No, 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 but I mean, if, um, if we make the PAT before the last touchdown, then right. we kick a PAT to win at the end of it instead of going for two. That's fair. To yep. win. That's true. So that's what I'm saying. It's like we make that PAT, we, we win the game, we beat OU, and that's how close that game was. And then that'd be, what, I mean, three victories over three top ten teams, you know, on in the season. And who knows how we play against West Virginia if we beat OU. You know, that's a lot of stuff to do with it as well. But, well, gosh, we if we beat Baylor, which we should have, who we should have beaten clearly, uh, if we beat yeah, TCU, yeah. who we should have beaten clearly, if we beat K-State, who we clearly should have beaten that's oh, three more wins. We're all of a sudden we're you know, we've got nine wins on the season, and that's I think overachieving. So that's what was really frustrating about the season. You said earlier you were frustrated watching the TCU game being there. I was frustrated just because like, I just this this the season just it seemed so up and down. There was one week where it was like eh, you know, like I, I gotta be honest with you, Trevor. I didn't watch the West Virginia game until the last five minutes. I went to the. I, I assumed we were going to lose. It was senior day. I was kind of just, you know, really regretting the fact that I didn't go back to OSU to see another home football game this season or so. And maybe regretting is a strong word. But, I you know, I was kind of like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm just going to get heartbroken at the end of this. You know, we're not going to pull it out. It's West Virginia. Their offense is just killing everyone. We don't have a good defense. No one in the Big 12 does, but we don't necessarily either. And I'm just not going to go and tune into this one. And I had better. I had an offer to go for free to go see the USC versus UCLA game, which was epic. Um, you know, up in the Rose Bowl. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll go do that with my. It was my uncle, my aunt, my grandpa. And at the end of the day, like, I should have watched the West Virginia game maybe all the way through. And I did definitely did later because I turned back into it and I was like, oh my gosh, Oklahoma State, we have a chance to win and it's all this type of stuff. And I'm watching this and oh, I'm yeah. wearing blue. I've got a UCLA Bruins hat on, and I am cheering so loud at my phone while we're all waiting to get on the bus because the Rose Bowl is a whole thing where it's really hard to park close to it, and basically people bus in and bus out from parking garages unless they have parking passes. So, which a lot of teams do, I know, but the Rose Bowl's a little bit more special in that situation than others. So that was what I was doing at least, and it was it, that that I think was a telltale sign of what I thought about the season. Oh man, we just lost to West. We just lost to OU by one. Should have probably won that game, or could have definitely won that game for sure. And I don't think it's you know I didn't see us being West Virginia at home on Senior Day, so I tuned in for the last five minutes, and I tuned in for the last five minutes, and boom, like we we won the game. It was amazing. I was super excited. It was one of the best games. That I've ever rewatched ever, but definitely one of the best games I've ever seen OSU play. And for the fact that, and honestly, I would think honestly, sorry to interrupt you, Alvin, but oh, honestly, probably one of the best games this season for all of college football. The way it just came down to the wire was a one second or so on the clock. They had the ball from I believe our fifteen or sixteen yard line to possibly tie it up. West Virginia. I mean, that that's coming down to the wire, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, definitely come down to the wire and. It's an amazing game. I wish I'd watched the whole thing live, but I was also at the, you know, at the Rose Bowl. So, 
you know, not too bad of a spot to be at to watch football on a Saturday yeah, anyways. Absolutely not. So I saw your snap. It's I not like it's not like I was like really missing out there, you know. <laughs> but then again, like my alma mater, you know, ended up being the top ten team in the country. That doesn't happen every day. And Oklahoma State has been really good at football comparatively to their whole historical, you know, era for the last ten seasons. Oklahoma State's been really, really good under the Mike Gundy era. But more or less, especially in the last ten seasons. And this this team was so frustrating for me to watch at the end because Oh, will you be West Virginia at home? You should be TCU. Oh, you you. Oh, 100%. but but here's the thing. Yo, you lost to K State at at you know away, and you only scored twelve points. You should definitely lose to TCU. You know, like like I want to yep. kind of hear like what other fan bases are thinking. Is you know, as a Baylor fan base, as we went into play them at Baylor, going, well, the only team they've beaten on the season that's been really good is Texas at home for their homecoming and. I seemed like, a, you know, OSU held on late to win, and it's a really close game. And, you know, oh, we should beat, o, you know, like, what's the Baylor fan mindset? What's the, you know, what's the KU fan mindset after we lost to K-State at K-State? You know, like, what are these fans thinking of when OSU comes to town and plays well, them? Just because we... I'll tell you what. I, we, we shouldn't have won oh, some sorry. of these games, and then we should have won some of them. You know what I mean? Like, you're, we're right in between there. Right. And honestly, I work with a guy that graduated from Baylor, and you know we were talking a little trash, you know, here and there at work, just you know for funsies. But he definitely thought we were going to beat him. He's like, "Yeah, there's," he's like, "There's, there's no way we really pulled this off. You guys are a very high-powered offense, and our defense struggles, and this, this should be a no-brainer." I was like, "Well, I'm glad you said it before I did. I didn't want to upset you in any way, but hey." Exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of I think what we all thought, and then we blow it in the, what seven seconds left or something. He throws I mean, a touchdown pass to the left corner of the end zone. Are you kidding me? Right. It's it's very uh, annoying. I uh, I also struggle with the idea that this Oklahoma State football team could have won ten games, could have won eleven games if we really look at it, because I'm only holding the one loss against OU really against us. You know. Every single other game we played, we theoretically should have won if we were able to beat Texas and West Virginia at home, right? Now, right. I don't know how tomorrow plays out for this podcast being recorded Friday at, you know, 8.40 Pacific time, you know, on, on November 30th, or 10.40 Central Standard Time, where Trevor is, but... Mm-hmm. You know, for anyone who watched the OU versus Texas game tomorrow and however that plays out, I don't, like, Is was Oklahoma State... You know, if we had gotten to the Big 12 championship, that would have been a resounding success on the season, right? Oh, 100%. Are you kidding me? Right. If we can't make it last year with Rudolph and Washington, we make it this year with guys who were not supposed to make it there, (laughs) to be honest. I mean, I think we all would have been just shocked, like, what just happened? And that's, that's where I'm at, too. I just do not get this team. I really do not get this team as a whole. I do not understand how that one week we're super good and one week we're not. And Mike Gundy even said the same thing. He, he said, I don't understand it as well and the mediocrity and that type of stuff too. So it, it's it's only irritating. But the end of the season, we're 6-6. Six and six, We're going to a bowl game. Who... Who would you like to see us play in a bowl game? Is there any team that, you know, out of the teams we could play, so other teams that are 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, is there any team that jumps out to you immediately? 
Well, to be honest with you, I saw some projections the other day, and it looked like they either had us playing in, I think, the Liberty Bowl in Memphis or the Texas Bowl down in Houston and taking on Texas A&M out of the SEC. I think that might be an interesting matchup. I mean, sure, they're coming off that crazy what, seven overtime win over LSU. I mean, hell of a game. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I'm saying it. That's a hell of a game. But I just, I just don't, I just don't know who would show up. To be honest with you, are we going to have the team that takes on Texas and West Virginia? That team show because if that team shows up, we could probably beat almost anyone in the country. To be honest with you, defense when they show up, offense shows up. But if it's a team that shows up against TCU, Baylor, K-State, I mean, loses to Iowa State. Sure, they had a good season, but still, and then gets smoked by Texas Tech at home, I think we'll get stomped on. Just to be fair, I mean, I think, any, I think anyone would agree with me on that, I would think. I, I would think as but, well. Uh, I mean... See, here's some other teams that are six and six and seven and five, Calvin. That would be interesting to play. I'm trying to think of other matchups here, like potential bowl games where Big Twelve takes on some other crazy opponent. So there's one team to me that I would love to see us play, and I think it the only chance we'd play them is like the Armed Forces Bowl, if I have it down correctly. But it's Army. I w- I think us playing Army oh. would be um, a good matchup. The key thing is is that Army played OU earlier in the season at OU. Really tough. Yep. And Army is known for having their run offense and stuff like that. They're not the same with Navy. I think Navy is the one who runs the triple option all the time. But Army's not the exact same way in that. But I think it should be a fun game to watch and see and everything like that. I mean, all respect to the military, of course. But at the same time, like, I think it should be kind of fun you know, to see how it worked out. Um, but either, excuse me, either them or some team... That is seven and five from the disastrous ACC conference. I think would be a lot of fun. Oh gosh! Because there are only two teams, Trevor. Two teams that yep. have nine or more wins in the ACC out of fourteen. Now, do you want to know who's playing in the ACC championship? If I have this correct here, it it is Clemson versus Pittsburgh, I believe, and Pittsburgh has a record of seven and five. And their conference record is somehow six and two. I am looking at it right now, and that is just astonishing to me. That's that's what I'm saying as well. I would love to see us play Pittsburgh because if they are they're playing in the ACC championship game and a six and six Oklahoma State team in the Big Twelve who lost to K State, Baylor, and TCU on the season comes in and beats Pittsburgh. Let's freaking go! I mean, that that, <laughs> and then also. I think we got to talk about the Pac-12 here at some point, but I, I would love to see us beat one of those ACC teams that just is not good. I mean, I don't think I'm. I don't think way. I'm jumping would... way out of it by saying they're not good. And oh, by the way, oh, no. I don't know where I saw that Army is six and six. They're nine and two, so that would be a fun game. But they're yeah, nine oh, and absolutely. two. Absolutely. I mean, another ACC team I would love to see us play. I mean, maybe Boston College. You know, they're coming seven and five, but they have. They're five and two at home, two and three on the roads. Unfortunately, they've lost three in a row. But I believe their last three games were against actually solid. I shouldn't say solid, but you know the best opponents the ACC has to offer. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's fair. Um, but I mean that might be interesting. 
Uh, even NC State, they're sitting there at eight and three. They had one of their games canceled due to that hurricane at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. But I mean, honestly, I I haven't seen really those teams perform on the national level or like you know nationally televised games. So I don't know how how well they are, but I think it would be interesting to say the least. Or even a Miami, you know, with Mark Rick down there just chilling, always. Uh, expecting big things coming out of Miami every season and that that does not seem to be the case so um you know it'd be fun to put a stomping on them I say stomping expecting the team that plays against Texas and West Virginia to show up maybe a close game if we've seen a team that's been showing up as of lately um <laughs> yeah I, so. I'm totally with you there I I um I think the other teams that I look at here and I, I kind of go into the you know, I usually go into a deep dive on other conferences just because that's the chance we get to play other teams. You know, another team that would be fun is okay. Let's play Northwestern. They're eight and four. What is I one would assume after tomorrow they'll be eight and five after they play Ohio yep. State and Ohio State. I assume would win. Um, Here's my take on that though, Calvin. Ohio State, I, their best game of the season was this past weekend against Michigan. I mean, it hurts my heart to say that, but they looked like a full team. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty diehard Michigan fan, uh, born in Detroit, lived 10 minutes from Ann Arbor, so very passionate about my Wolverines. Um, so that definitely stung, but they looked like an all-around team last week, and I think that's their best game of the season. As you saw earlier in the year when they played Penn State, if you jump on them early, they're a team that gets flustered. So mm-hmm. Northwestern has to plan hey, first possession we get the ball, or if they get the ball, defense has to step up and stop them. If we get the ball, we got to go down and put some points on the board. Because if we don't, it gives them, I believe it gives Ohio State time to, you know, collect what's going on, like collect their thoughts and be like, all right, new strategy, just full on attack. And what's the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, I believe is his name, will just, he'll either run all over you or just bomb it on you all day. And, I mean, you, you got to be ready. You got to show up. Northwestern's a tough team. Don't get me wrong. They almost beat Michigan middle of the season at Northwestern. Um, I believe, did they beat Wisconsin too? Um, they probably had to because they're in the same division, even though the mm-hmm. Big Ten West is pretty weak. Um, to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, the other, the other teams that I'd like to play against in a bowl game is Arizona State. They're the only team out of the Pac-12 South that's qualifying for a bowl game besides Utah, of course. Right. And then I would also love to see us play like Oregon or Cal or Stanford and yep. have some of a 2011 rematch against Stanford when Stanford's 7-4. and four. Oklahoma State, of course, is 6-6. Six and six. Would love to see that happen. A lot of these Pac-12 teams, though, I don't sure... I've been checking this like three or four times, and it says it's updated most recently, but it says they've only played 11 games here by the record. So I'll have to double-check here again and see if what's going on. But let, let, let me pull it up here real quick. Hang on. I will. So their game at Cal got postponed because of the wildfire. That's okay. So I think they're actually going to – they're playing it tomorrow. They're playing tomorrow at 2 o'clock at Cal, Stanford at Cal. Two o'clock Central Time tomorrow, so noon your time, mm-hmm. um, and that will be their last Pac-12 last game of the season. 
Okay, that so, makes more sense. So I mean, that could definitely adjust, you know, the their rankings in that division in the Pac-12 North. So, yeah. I mean, hey, that either one, bring them on. Let's see what happens. I mean, you just you just don't know. I just think the Pac-12 I mean, would, and the Big Ten are just not really good at football, and they get a lot more credit than they usually do. This year, the Pac-12 really showed that it just imploded on itself, and there wasn't one good team. Like, there wasn't just one team that was incredibly good out of the whole conference. Washington State, everyone thought was extremely good for the whole time, and then Washington comes in and beats them. I know it's a rivalry game and everything like that, but when the chips are on the line, you got to – well, yeah, you gotta beat the games that matter, and yep. Utah's nine and three as well. And then, what both teams played tonight, and someone's gonna have to have a someone would have a horrible time explaining to me how the Pac-12 defenses are so good that they held each team to respectively less than less than fifteen points combined in their championship game. So it, that's just another deep dive on the whole thing here, but I just do not think that the Pac-12 is good no. this year. I watched hey, I would, USC. I would and, love to see us play. I would love to see us play Oregon, just because I saw Oklahoma State sign that home and home. What was it twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six with the rubber duckies coming out of Eugene, Oregon? So hey, bring on those rubber duckies. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, get Marcus Arroyo to eat his own crap here when he comes back to Oklahoma State. Not, I mean, the, you know, the running backs coach who, you know, for OSU, who went to the Pac-12, threw a promotion to be their offensive coordinator. So, of course, I'm going to talk crap on him, but there's one guy who's some, who I work with who's a uh, huge – well, there's a couple guys I work with who went to Oregon, but one guy who I know would take offense to that statement. So, we'll see what he has to say. But – I don't know. I, I I I feel as though like bowl game overall wise, let's let's go out and let's just play somebody who's supposed to be good. I would hate to see us play like Wyoming. I don't think that's possible. But they're six and six, you know, um, or just some team from a different. I mean, conference. let's just put it this way: if that's that if that happened, five. Calvin, if that happened, I'm putting my money on the Cowboys. Really, Re- really? Yes, I'm gonna put all. I'll put all my money that the Cowboys win. Okay, if we I, played Wyoming. I know this is a uh, audio only podcast, but I just want to say, Trevor definitely mouthed the word Wyoming Cowboys before he said that. So, all right, Trevor, if you're gonna go for Wyoming, there, go for it, man. That's your own sword to fall on. But right, with that case, I'm gonna file for bankruptcy now. Um... Yeah. Let's let's go ahead, let's go ahead though and uh, fast forward over a little bit too um, to talk more back again about Oklahoma State. I, okay. So. Yeah, you got this guy, right? And I just want to, you know, imagine if your eyes are closed right now. I'm going to describe this guy to you, Trevor, okay? Okay. He has more rushing touchdowns in a season at quarterback for Oklahoma State than the all than the all Big 12 first team running back. He has games where he passes Oklahoma State passing records in se- in a season for cer- for games. He on senior night um, beats the number beats the top ten in the top ten team in the nation on homecoming night. He beats a top ten team in the nation both on nationally televised games. One was a night game, of course, and the other one wasn't. But you know he really steps up on the big stages. He only has one year of his entire college career where he plays meaningful minutes and is actually the starter for the whole season 
where, and as I think my memory serves me correctly, played every single snap at quarterback the whole entire season. I don't think there was a play he missed. Maybe Woods, he came in for a couple early in the season, but he pretty much plays for, you know plays the entire season at quarterback without any other even possible possibilities happening. But on the back end, he loses away games that are just weird. He also loses to Iowa State and Texas Tech at home for the first time in a bunch of years for, for Oklahoma State losing to them. Is this guy, now Now open your eyes and you're presented, it's Taylor Cornelius, right? Oh yeah, corn dog, straight up. So, this is the guy I've laid out for you, right? With all of these great things and all of these things that are that really just make you shake your head at the end of the day. Where does he stand in your mind as an Oklahoma State quarterback? Will he be remembered in five years from now? Are you going to go, oh yeah, I remember when Corn Dog was a quarterback, Oklahoma State, and now he's doing whatever. If he's a quarterback coach for Oklahoma State in a couple years, or if he's on an NFL practice roster, I don't know. You know what I mean? Or if he's on this um, AAF, American Alliance football organization or whatever this thing is that I keep seeing ads pop up on Facebook for. San Diego Fleet is a team, I guess. Um, you know, wh- where do you kind of think he stands in your mind? Yeah, you know, what would his what will his legacy be? Uh, it, it's his legacy would be more of the guy that backed up Mason Rudolph and then had one season to play, and I would say he gave it his all. And I mean, you know, it's almost like a Clint shelf. Remember the old choo-choo train? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, not many people remember. More people remember Brandon Whedon because of that 2011 season. So it was Clinch Shelf and also the washing machine, JW, Gosh. that we've had before. I know. <laughs> and then Rudolph comes in, and then Rudolph is just stellar. So it's just, I feel like at, our, at Oklahoma State, it's just hard to say that his legacy is going to be one to remember in the next five years. It's going to be remembered at right now and possibly next season, depending on how that goes and who our quarterback is. But his name, I think, is just going to be another one for the books, not really going down and with much really to his name, if that's fair. Uh, I'm with you. I, I don't know. I don't know how, like, my little brother, who's 11, will remember this season. You know, will he go? Because he went to, I believe, every single home game besides maybe one. And I don't know how he's going to remember it. But I don't know. Man, this is a, this this season was so up and down that in five years, if someone brings up, be like, hey, remember that Taylor Cornelius season? I'm like, oh, yeah. That's right. Man, that was a weird season. Spencer Sanders was on the team, and, you know, now he might win the Heisman this year or something. You know what I mean? Like, four years from now. Right. right. So that that's kind of where I stand, at least, with it. Of, I think I think he'll be more known for his nickname of being Corndog <laughs> rather than what was going on on the field, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm with you. I, man, dude, I just... This season was so up and down and so hard to kind of compute almost. You know, actually, it, not almost, it just was hard to compute. It was hard to go, oh, yeah, that was this season, you know. And I think in a couple of years, it'll be, oh, man, that wasn't really a rebuilding season. And all of a sudden, we have, 
you know, Chuba Hubbard and uh, what LD Brown and you know Tyler Wallace and Spencer Sanders and you know we've got these guys on defense who are studs now and Jim Knowles' you know defense. But this is like all oh that's what I'll think in two years you know or three years or whatever. But not like oh that's what I'm thinking right now you know. So I don't it it's tough. I'm with you. I just I. I don't know what I'm going to think exactly. It's hard to put it together right now, but if I had to say something, it's just, eh, all right, it's Corndog, you know? Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was the guy with the nickname Corndog, you know? That's the yeah, guy who's... the guy with the receding hairline already, and he's still in college. It's amazing. He's 24, so, I mean, he's, he's a little older, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, so I'm, I mean, I'm 25. I still have a full head of hair. Same. So same. at least I got that going for me. Yep. Twenty five years go. of age some and good, uh, full head of hair. That's some good flow right there, Calvin. I like yeah. it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a uh, good term here in a minute. But thank you. Um, <laughs> so the next thing that I have down on the schedule here today is the cultural wall playoffs and how they're going to shake yes. out. So hypotheticals are tough. This podcast will come out probably tomorrow with Center Connect internet upload speed might come out here on Monday if I'm not able to get it done or whatever. So this for listeners and stuff like this, this could just be totally just discard this amount of audio or whatever. But I'm going to go ahead and say that for all intents and purposes, excuse me, let's say that the teams who should win out do. So Alabama wins, Ohio state wins, OU wins. Um, Notre Dame, I believe doesn't have a game, Right. And then Clemson right, they're wins. independent. So. Yeah, so four they're teams, basically a lock. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, so four teams, all you know, or five five teams in contention win tomorrow. Georgia, who's number four right now, loses. Mm-hmm. How would you rank the top four? Well, I was still. I think the top three would remain unchanged. Okay. I think Bama would still be number one, Clemson would be number two, Notre Dame number three. And due to the fact that Texas is ranked number 14 and Northwestern is ranked, let me check real quick, hang on, Calvin. I mean, it's not higher than that, i be honest with you. They are ranked 21 as of right now. I think with that, unfortunately, OU is going to slip in. I just I don't see how Ohio State beating Northwestern they could pass them up unless they win by like a hundred. So, I it hurts me to say that OU will get into the playoff again, but I just they're number five if I'm not mistaken. So I mm-hmm. think they're they're the ones that should move due to the formula that this committee has been putting on it year after year after year. They would be the ones to move up unless, like I said, Ohio State wins by like 100. But due to the fact that OU is number five and Texas is number 14, they're going to say, oh, well, they lost to Texas, but then they just got their revenge on them. So that's the team right now rather than the team that was then. You know, see what I'm saying? For so sure. I think I think that's, that's the route that will happen. Um, and in my opinion, I don't think they will make it past the first round because I think Bama is just ridiculously good. And then I think that Clemson-Notre Dame matchup will be a lot closer than people may think. I think that that will be one 
heck of a game to watch, to be honest with you. So, so here is my thing. Mm-hmm. I think the top four, the t- I think that in the scenario I'm laying out where all teams win, I think the top two teams go unchanged. But if OU beats a team in a neutral on a neutral site, you know, again for the second time playing them, and they OU beats the team, and the only team they lost earlier in the season, I think they lost by three or, or one. Can't remember exactly. I think it was three. I think it was three, but it was still yeah. close. Yes, but still super close game, all the <laughs> way down to the wire. You know, almost hundred point score combined. And if OU beats them by a considerable margin tomorrow, I think OU could leapfrog Notre Dame and be number three. Mm. Notre Dame four, because at the end of the day, Notre Dame's best win is against a Michigan team who is not playing in their championship game. And yeah, Michigan's okay, oh. but and they're just they just missed the championship game by literally one game played last week against a rival. But if if Notre Dame's best win is that, and OU has wins, you know, over now they have a win over Texas, they have a win over West Virginia. I think that OU's wins might be might might just be looked at better. And they could jump Notre Dame. I do not think Ohio State makes it. I'm with you on that one for sure. I think that at the end of the day, you lose like the way you, the way you did against a Purdue team who is not not proven to be good. They're not playing in their champion conference championship. You're not rematching them. And they're not even in the top top two or three teams in their division. So right, just put not it that way. in the top 25. All type of stuff, and that's that's the loss you have. At the end of the day, I I don't get this whole entire like, I don't I do not get this argument at all that OU doesn't have that that people are saying oh well OU doesn't have a defense but Ohio State does that's why Ohio State should be in. No Ohio State allowed forty nine to Purdue, so Ohio State doesn't have a defense either. Your argument is in anyone's argument, not yours, Trevor, but people who say yeah. oh well OU shouldn't get in and it should be Ohio State because Ohio State is a better defense, they're a better overall team. They might be better over, like all around, in the fact that their defense has allowed less points statistically on the season because the Big Twelve scores more, and that's how you can make that argument that they might be better um, all around. But they allowed—they're the team who allowed forty-nine in their only loss when they scored twenty. OU well, allowed and- forty-seven, oh, forty-eight in their only loss, but they scored 45. They were right there with them at the end, and that was a very close game. And if OU comes mm-hmm. back and beats the only team they've lost to in the season and can do it handily, I think they can move into three spot, not let alone make it to the top four for sure. Yeah, I just don't see them moving into the three spot just because of the fact that they're going to be like, oh, well, Notre Dame is still undefeated, and they've been here since. I just feel like there's probably some favoritism there. I feel like Notre Dame always gets some favoritism. No matter what, I just don't think, like you said, they've played a team that has really tested, really tested them. Sure, they beat Michigan, but you know what? That was week one. I bet if they played Michigan again, it it may be a different story. To be honest with you, I mean, Michigan. Sure, that's not like a very offensive team, but I'm looking at right now, 442 points for, only 211 points against. Michigan's defense is one of the best if not the best in the country. So 
I know they just got smoked to Ohio State. Again, like I said earlier, Ohio State's best game of the season, hands down. I mean, there's no way anyone saw that. I mean, even Lee Corso picked Michigan to beat Ohio State in Columbus. That's saying something. I mean, he never picks Michigan over Ohio State. So everyone saw Michigan winning and putting, sticking to being the number four, if not moving past Notre Dame for the number three seed. But they'd be like, oh, well, Notre Dame beat Michigan, so we got to keep that head-to-head matchup and make sure Notre Dame's ahead of them. But in my opinion, if they played again right now, Michigan wins by at least 21. In my opinion, by at least 21. Against Notre Dame or Ohio State? Against, no, Notre Dame. No, not Ohio State. Okay. Against Notre Dame, I think at least 21. I mean, sure, Notre Dame's like, oh, we beat Syracuse. Okay, you beat Syracuse. (laughs) There's not much more I need to say about that. Um, And then who else? Let me see. I'm pulling up their schedule right now for you. So they beat Syracuse, and they won at Virginia Tech when Virginia Tech was number 24. let's Let's just put it this way. Virginia Tech is not ranked right now. And they're not going to the conference championship. They're not even close to going to the conference championship. And they beat Stanford when Stanford was number seven. But as we both saw right now, Stanford is seven and four. So it's not saying that that's, I mean, those are their best wins. Syracuse was number 12 when they played them. They won by 33 points. Congratulations. It was at Yankee Stadium. So it wasn't even at the sweet dome that they play at in Syracuse. It was a home game. They went at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech always plays poor when it's a night game and they're on national TV. Anytime the college game day goes to Virginia Tech, I feel like they always lose. And then, of course, Michigan at the beginning of the year when Michigan was number 14, they won 24-17. So it's not like they blew them out. It was still a close game. So, I mean, and they just barely snuck by USC this past weekend. I mean, 24-17. USC's not good. And Texas beat USC by a lot this year. So I think, I mean, maybe, maybe that could be the deciding factor that you're talking about. If OU jumps Notre Dame, maybe that would be the deciding factor. As in, hey, Notre Dame only beat USC by 20, by seven. Texas beat USC by, what was it, like 24 or something? I mean, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it, it was by a good amount of points <laughs> there. I, and that's what kind of springboarded uh, this whole, oh, Texas is back, Texas is back, Texas is back. You know, ordeal. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I, I definitely understand the idea that, you know, if we're saying that a, you know, a unbeaten Notre Dame team should not be moved past a team that's got a one loss in it. But what I come back to here is, and as I kind of look it up a little bit, is this uh, 2015 season for the college football playoff committee. When famously, oh, am I, I'm sorry, 2014. Oh, sorry, that's my bad. Drop TCU. Um, well, drop TCU. Well, TCU had you know one loss. Uh, mm-hmm. Baylor also had one loss, but it was the year that an unbeaten Florida State team, who's 13 and 0, is ranked third, and Alabama, Oregon, and Oregon are both ranked ahead of them due to schedules and other factors. So that's why I'm kind of saying that at the end of it, I think that OU could be ranked higher than Notre Dame because the college football playoff committee does do somewhat of, oh, well, even if they're unbeaten, they should get in. 
but mm-hmm. maybe it they, they doesn't justify always in just a straight up number one seed that year. As year with James Winston of Florida State, where he like fumbles the ball in the Rose Bowl against Oregon, and you know, and was made yep. so many memes and laughs and jokes about. Which it looks like college football playoff committee definitely ranked that correctly because Oregon ended up playing Alabama and the one and TC played each other. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I I don't know. I I think that this twenty this twenty fourteen college football playoff rankings proves that there is a possibility. The the people the committee looks into it and goes, hey, yeah, I know they're unbeaten, but they didn't play that good of a schedule like Florida State in 2014. Right. And, you know, if we use the 2014 model, oh, well, you know, OU did play a better schedule than Notre Dame. Let's go ahead and move them into three. And then also a little bit of, you know, like superstitious things of, you know, would you rather see a Notre Dame, Alabama, or a Clemson, Alabama for the third year in a row? Or would you rather see an OU, Alabama, or Clemson, Alabama, um, Alabama, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, would you, who would you rather see? I think a Notre, I think Notre Dame against Alabama would do better TV rating wise. And this is total speculation and just superstitious stuff. But like I that, think that would be a rematch from uh, a couple years it, ago. 20... Yeah, I remember watching it like Buffalo Wild Wings and Alabama stomped on them. Um, but oh, yeah, it wasn't even. It wasn't even. I mean, stomped yep. is correct. It was not. It was not fun to watch that. Let's just put it this way: my uncle has a T-shirt that says Alabama beat Notre Dame so bad the Pope quit. So <laughs> it had to be that year. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I'm I'm trying to go back and see when the, gosh, when that Is was. 2013. 2013. I I want to say that was the year 2013 or 14 because we were definitely at Oklahoma State then because I was watching at the Buffalo Wild Wings there in Stillwater. Notre Dame and Alabama play each other. Yeah, for the national championship. Why is this not pulling up? I pulled BCS standings. I think. Uh... I don't know why it's not pulling up. I'm sure you're right, though. But 2013, I have a Florida State. Anyways, um, played Auburn. It was the... Oh, 2013. Yep, it was 42-14. to Yeah, Alabama. That's right. Okay. That was A.J. McCarron, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what after that loss, where did Notre Dame drop to? I can't even find them. I'm sure I'm just going past it, but e- either way, though, I mean that's it's all, it's all yeah. That's that's part it's of it. Right. Um, I don't know, I don't know. That that kind of leads out to the whole thing of how good is Alabama? Are they that? Are they like they should be number one seed in my mind, no matter what? They're you know unbeaten. Yeah. They're the top team in the SEC. They be if they beat Georgia tomorrow. They, you know, there's definitely number one seed and should change that based on, you know, their basically dynasty that Nick Saban has built there and everything. Now, if they lose tomorrow somehow to Georgia. Wow. Talk about a shakeup then. Georgia, you would think, still stays in there. You would think that, you know, Clemson and Notre Dame clearly still stay in, um, you know, thinking that Clemson wins. And Alabama probably drops to four, right? I don't think Alabama drops out. I don't think they would. But Georgia definitely still stays in. So that's a 
that's a fun one to play in your head too. But <laughs> you know, if at the end of the day, like how good is Alabama? How good are they as a whole team? Are they just that crazy good? Have they not really played too much competition, even though we think they have because of the SEC? But I mean, they don't really. I don't think they played anyone this year outside the SEC that's been decent. So how how good is Alabama this year? Man, I mean, I'm I'm looking at their schedule right now. It's not like they're winning by a very slim margin. I mean, they're they're blowing teams out of the water. I'm whoever sure. they play, they're they're putting a hurt on them. That's for sure. I mean, it looks like their closest game was let's see, that was by 22. That was against A and M. Texas A&M, 45-23. And that was a 22-point margin of victory. Jeez. That was incredible. That is actually their closest game they had all season. First game, Louisville, 51-14. Arkansas State next game, 57-7. At Ole Miss, 62-7. 62-7 at Ole Miss. And then next week, versus A&M at home. Seems like all their games are always at home. Like the big games are always at home for Alabama. I don't know if that's on purpose or what, but I've kind of started to see that every year. Like put them on the road and make them challenge them a little bit. But 45 to 23, 56 14, 65 31, 39 10, 58 21 at LSU, 29 to nothing. If you can go into Death Valley when LSU is number three and shut them down, I mean, you're not playing around. You're there. You're there to. You're, I mean, you're coming home with a victory no matter what. And then in the Iron Bowl, 52 to 21. So they're scoring points. It's definitely interesting to see an Alabama offense doing what it's been doing this year, in my opinion. It, I, you just don't see that very much. Normally it's their defense that steals the show. This year it seems like it's the offense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Man, I, I, I think they are that good. I, I, you know, I think they definitely deserve their one seed. I don't know if they would blow out OU because I think OU could stick with them on offense. And you know, if Alabama scoring every points on everyone, then they'll also score points on OU. Just maybe their defense hasn't been tested by actually good offenses yet. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how good is LSU's offense? How good is you know Ole Miss's offense? How good is yeah? So just just. It just is a bunch of guesstimates and stuff what like is, that. And yeah. that's why I would love to see a championship game of OU versus Alabama because at the end of the day, I think OU has the best shot taking him down offensively-wise. And I think the other team that has the best shot taking down Alabama who will not get a shot this year whatsoever is Oklahoma State University. Go Cowboys. Just because we play up to our competition and we beat the teams that we shouldn't beat. So I'm just saying, it may, if that was if that was, if that game could be somehow Nick Saban would set, you know wager it so that you know he uh, he could get that at Oklahoma State for some reason in some some way then then I'd favor Oklahoma State. Anyways, um, <laughs> I think I think that's all fun in regard here, but. The Oklahoma State side of the stuff is, is interesting. I said earlier, you know, imagine the quarterback who has, you know, rushed for more touchdowns and then the, you know, all-pro running back for the Big 12 this year. He's on the same team. Yeah, what do you kind of think about Justin Hill, Justice Hill's uh, season? I, I, 
I remember earlier I talked to my dad this season about, hey, he's not getting that many touches in the first couple of games. And it was like, oh, well, let's keep him healthy. Now, now what do you think at the end of the season? He had an injury and didn't get that many rushing touchdowns and never was really in the Heisman you know, race or polling as I thought he might be. But I really thought he'd be the workhorse for this team this year. We wouldn't rely on Cornelius. Yeah, you know, I mean, Justice Hill, he still had 930 rushing yards on 158 carries. He had nine touchdowns. I mean, it, it looks like he performed well against the weaker the weaker teams and underperformed in the big games. I mean, it looks like those bigger games really relied on our passing offense, which as crazy as it was, putting the ball in Corndog's hands and having him pass it to Tylen Wallace. Seem to, I mean, be the difference maker, but those smaller games, you know, the teams that have the weaker rush defenses seem to be games where Justice Hill really, you know, try to take control of those games, or at least was there to balance the attack a little bit. Um, but, you know, if he didn't sustain that injury, his last game was against OU, so he could have played against West Virginia. And at TCU, in my opinion, he could have really been a difference maker for that TCU game. It was extremely windy. It was cold. Passing that ball was not ideal, as you could tell from that uh, scoop and score to start the second half that TCU had, and then their 83-yard rushing touchdown. I mean, it was definitely a ground game for sure. So I, it, I definitely missed having him on the field, but if he decides to stay for an extra season, I think, I think he'll be able to do some good things there, especially if our quarterback is – uh, Sanders, or even that guy out of Hawaii. What's his name again? Drew Brown. Yeah, Drew Brown. I mean, apparently that dude's got a cannon as for an arm. So I don't know if we can figure out how to put him in there and, you know, even do more screen passes. You know, I see we're doing like these bubble screens to wide receivers, which, you know, they're great when they work, but give it to a guy who has no problem running someone over. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion there. So uh, for for Justice Hill, if he decides to go to the NFL now, I don't think he will get drafted in the first three rounds. I don't think what so do either. Think? Yeah. I mean, I just – he still has some building and some learning he's got to do. And, you know, bulk up a little bit, man. Keep running these people over. He's fun to watch on the field. Seems like he's a good guy off the field too, so – I mean, come back for the season or his senior year, and we may have something there. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, yeah, I think he's got to come back for sure. I think that, you know, he comes back, Tylen Wallace, him, Sanders or Brown, whoever ends up being the quarterback, who I, I would think it'll be Sanders, will, or at least Sanders will use the four games so – you know, through the new regulations where that would not even burn his red shirt again, you know, or whatever. But then again, he only has one year of red shirt availability and that was the season. So I, you know, I got to think Sanders will play next year, but you, you talk about a lineup of having, you know, Hubbard, Sanders, um, Wallace, Brown, and then uh, Justice Hill. I think that's a, you know, is it? Watch out. Yeah. Because uh, J.D. King's transferring, but L.D. Brown is, yep. you know, there. So that's 
that's a guy who can really run somebody over. And I, I think at the end of the day, like that's that's an amazing offense. And you give this whole entire defense one more season to adjust to the Jim Knowles defensive scheme and mix some guys up. And we saw it created problems for West Virginia, especially how they started off offensively and held them to a much lower amount of points scored in the whole game than I thought we would. I thought I thought West Virginia could score 50-plus on us, to be honest, because their offense did that against OU's defense, you know? So I, th- I think uh, I think Hill has got to come back for sure and would be deadly um, if he does in the offense for Oklahoma State. Other things, um, you know, what are you looking forward to seeing in the bowl game? You know, are you looking to see some of these freshman guys just be come unstoppable? Hubbard, you know, go for a hundred yards. Wallace. Maybe try to, I don't know when the Blitnikoff Award comes out, but I'm assuming it's after the bowl game. So Wallace, with the Blitnikoff Award, you know, already to him, add to that with some stats and some showmanship. The Blitnikoff will be before because it it comes out along with the Heisman, I think, right? Does it come out the week before the Heisman? Yeah. So, yeah. Man. But honestly, I I say we played for the win, to be honest with you. I don't think going six and seven with the season we just this season we just had, I think I think we deserve to get another win and keep it uh, positive. So I looked at our record this entire season. We never dipped below five hundred. We were either five hundred or one game or something above it, except for the beginning of the season when we started four and one. But other than that, I think for Gundy's sake, he's got to go out there and he's got to throw the kitchen sink at him, man. <laughs> yeah, I think he really does. It's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see for sure who we play match up against. And at the end of the day, I'd love to see some of these freshman guys really break out and do well, just because the season. I mean, it's in my mind, like you know, finishing seventh and six on the season is like oh okay you know but yeah i don't really necessarily i don't know i don't worry about like our quarterback coming back next year and being like oh you know off of uh you know he lost the ball game because he Cornelius is now gone so i would just kind of worry about getting our you know the offensive guys you know against different defensive schemes from different conferences more acclimated as we go into next season um Mm -hmm. you know i'm really looking forward to trying to go see oklahoma state play against boise state next year and travel to Boise from San Diego, so we'll see if that actually oh. works out or not. But yeah, I'm looking to. I, I don't care necessarily if we win or. I mean, I always care if we win or lose, but it's not a huge deal oh, yeah. if we don't win this game um, in the bowl game, at least. I don't know. I, 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 we've had so many disappointing losses this year. I think, I think we deserve to come out with a win. But you know, if we get stuck with a tough opponent, then. You know, I'd hate to say it, but if for some reason we start getting kind of blown out there, I say, yeah, bring in the young guys, give them some playing time, let them see what it's like to be a college football player rather than someone just watching from the sidelines. You know? Exactly. Yeah, I, let's get some real game type situations time. going on. Yeah, I mean, we at the same at the end of the day, it's pretty much your first game before next season. Yeah. So it, <laughs> I mean, sure, you don't have your quarterback coming back, but I say, I'd hate to say pull Cornelius because it is going to be his last game as a college football player. 
But if he puts on a performance in the first half like he did against TCU, I don't see how you can just keep putting him out there when you have guys that are just salivating on the sideline waiting to go in there and, you know, show the world what they got. And just prove again that they're ready to take over the throne there. Right. Well, yeah, I, I say keep it short, you know, channel and stuff like that, but maybe you, I mean, I don't know necessarily who you throw in there. Um, maybe it's Drew Brown, maybe it's Spencer Sanders, but maybe you don't do either of those guys. You can just do Woody if Cornelius isn't really working out and stuff. So yeah. those are my thoughts. Well, it, looks at like least. The, it looks like Woody's the only other Oklahoma State quarterback that's thrown a pass all season besides Corn Dogs. So. Um, I saw Tylen Wallace is a hundred percent completion rate throwing the ball. So is Dylan Stoner, and then it goes Woodsy. I think is two of five passing, and then of course there's Corn Dog with everything else. So you know there's a lot of options there, even coming from the wide receiver core. So you know it looks like uh, we <laughs> we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we're really clicking on all the cylinders there. Um, we'll just see how, <laughs> how it plays out though. Oh, ah yeah. man, it should be. I'm I'm more excited about next season than anything else here, and see how that works out. That's at least I don't know. That that's at least how yeah. I think I have to play it out here in my head because otherwise it it's it's going to be a I don't know. I'm excited for next season for sure. We we got to turn the page at some point. We'll see how the bowl game works out though. But the bowl game we're we're not playing for ten wins this year, so it's a little bit of an attitude adjustment as far as how good we are. So. That's uh, that's all I gotta say on that one, though. So, Trevor, thanks so much yeah. for joining me tonight here. Uh, hope we didn't keep you up too late. And you know, go ahead and follow the CGA Tour on Twitter at the CGA Tour. Go ahead and give a subscribe. You know, go ahead and resubscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Five star rating, please, or a rating at all would be just great and dandy. And then uh, go feel free to check us out on Spotify, CastBox, Anchor.fm, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast. CGA Tour is now available on 10 separate platforms. So feel free to check it out in case you're interested or hit me up for a t-shirt or a hat or whatever. Well, thanks again, Trevor, for joining me. Uh, anything you want to shout out real quick here before we end it? Um, looks like the Mavericks are down by four right now to the Lakers with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and Oklahoma state lost by seven to Minnesota in basketball. So that's, it's not a very positive note to end on, but it's one we got to deal with. So it's a conversation for another day. Well, Oklahoma city thunder though, did win on heritage night and beat the Hawks, which I don't think anyone had us losing to the Hawks at home, but we did beat the Hawks at home. So that's, that's the one yep, for the day. For there sure. we go. So (laughs) thanks again, Trevor, uh, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.